0: Welcome to A Star Witness! Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing another episode. And before we get started, let's say a word of prayer so the Lord will be with us as we learn more of Him and what He would have us to do and how He wants us to live our lives for Him. So with that, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this beautiful day that you've given to us. We thank you for all the many blessings and Lord, we ask that you continue to lead and guide and direct us. Lord, help us to act and speak and dress and talk the way that you want us to. Lord, we... Ask that you continue to lead us on higher and higher to gain the victory in you. Lord, help us to get rid of all sin and wickedness in our life. And we thank you, Lord, for being with us day by day, step by step, and for giving us all of the information necessary so that we can live that right life and go on the straight and narrow path like you want us to. We ask all these things in your precious, holy, wonderful Son's name. Amen. With that, let's get right in. To it. So today I want to talk about words and actions and how we speak, but not just how we speak, but how we shouldn't be doing certain things. Now this is for any time of the year. We know that the famous time of year, April Fool's, everybody is playing practical jokes on people and doing pranks, but nowadays it is so popular that there are whole YouTube channels dedicated to to playing pranks on each other, their family members, other people, their friends, and things like that. And a lot of times I have been talking with other people and they ask me, Do you think it's right for Christians to play pranks, even little tiny pranks that don't hurt anybody or isn't a lie? Is that right for a Christian to do? And having these discussions with Christians is very important because we want to be sure that we're doing and following what God wants us to do. And so when we delve into this and we really search it out, we find out that that is not what a Christian should be doing. And that is what we're going to be talking about today. But let's start with Philippians 4 it says finally brethren whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honest whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are of good report if there be any virtue and if there be any praise think on these things pranks do not fall under that category when we are doing practical jokes and doing these little tiny pranks or even sometimes people who do big pranks on people to scare somebody or to just laugh at them or laugh at the silliness of what you're doing. That's not honest. That's not true. That's not pure or lovely because inevitably you could hurt somebody's feelings without trying if they don't take it the way that you meant it to. And you could make people not trust you because you're always lying about certain things. Like, oh, I was just joking or I was just messing around and I was just playing. I didn't really mean it that way. We have to say what we mean. We have to mean what we say. We have to make sure that our speech is in such a way that people don't misconstrue and misunderstand us. That is why we have to hear Twice as much as we speak, we have to make sure that our words are kind and loving and true. Proverbs 16, 24 says, pleasant words are as an honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. And Proverbs 15, 1 says, a soft answer turneth away wrath but grievous words stir up anger. So even when we are faced with a situation where somebody is angry at us or is saying unpleasant things to us or takes a certain tone of voice with us, we need to respond in a kind, soft way, not in a harsh, mean way. And also we are supposed to comfort one another with our words. First Thessalonians 5, 11 says, Wherefore comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And Ephesians 4 29 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Also, Proverbs 25 11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver that is something that we need to think about very carefully we need to make sure that our words are like these golden apples in pitchers of silver that portrays such a beautiful picture to us to think about these beautiful lovely crisp apples that are sitting in a nice container that is something that we want people to say about us that we have these pleasant kind words that are sweet and lovely and have the character characteristic of Christ instead of our own characteristics and how we want to act and how we want to respond. In Colossians 4, 6, it says, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. We have to be so careful with how how we speak and how we act because people are watching us people are waiting for us to mess up and fall to point out our faults because a lot of people see in us that example and say well if a Christian can't act like this then what's the point of following Christ and that's just the nature of things even though our only good and pure example is Jesus we cannot look to the world for those examples we have to look to Christ but people in the world they are watching and they do see us because this is what we do as Christians, we portray Christ. So we need to make sure that our words and our actions and the way that we talk, act, dress, everything that we do is according to what Christ tells us to do. And First Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And Psalms 19.14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. And this is the prayer that we should have every single day. We should be asking the Lord to be with our words and to help us to say these kind words and that we can always be ready to give an answer in the right, good way that we should be so that we are not lashing out or saying things that aren't true or saying things in a way that people can take it the wrong way. We have to be very careful with how we speak and how we act. And now... I want to go and read some of what the Spirit of Prophecy talks about with this very subject because it is so solemn to think about the things that we are doing. A lot of times we just take it for granted and we don't really think about saying this simple, funny, witty thing isn't necessarily the right thing to say. Maybe you didn't necessarily say a lie or you didn't say anything to hurt anybody or say anything that was necessarily bad, but maybe you could have used your words in a better way. And now, that's not to say that we can't have... A good time as Christians. That's not what it's saying at all, but we'll get into that more in a little bit. CG 201.3 to 202.1 says this, Every course of action has a twofold character and importance. It is virtuous or vicious, right or wrong. According to the mode of which prompts it, a wrong action by frequent repetition leaves a permanent impression upon the mind of the actor and also on the minds of those who are connected with him in any relation, either spiritual or temporal. The parents or teachers who give no attention to the small actions that are not right establish those habits in the youth. Parents should deal faithfully with the souls committed to their trust. They should not encourage in their children pride, extravagance, or love of show. They should not teach them or suffer them to learn little pranks which appear cunning in small children, but which they will have to unlearn and for which they must be corrected when they are older. Little pranks and errors may seem to be amusing when the child is a baby, and they may be permitted and encouraged But as the child grows older, they become disgusting and offensive. This is true. How better to correct those little habits and those little characters when you're younger than when you're older and you have to fight with what you've basically become a habit in your life of doing that you've gotten so used to it that your conscious is kind of quiet on the point that you excuse your behavior and say, oh, it's no big deal. I can do this. It's not wrong. When in fact it is. Evangelism 206 and 207.1 says this, The minister of the gospel who is a labor together with God will learn daily in the school of Christ. No light trifling words will fall from his lips. For is he not an ambassador for Christ bearing a divine message to perishing souls? All jesting and joking, all lightness and trifling is painful to the cross-bearing disciple of Christ. He is weighed down by the burden he feels for souls. Constantly his heart is drawn out in prayer to God for the gift of His grace, that He might be a faithful steward. He prays to be kept pure and holy, and then refuses to rush heedlessly into temptation. He heeds the injunction, as He which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Keeping close to His Master, He receives words from Him to speak to the people. Lifting as Christ lifts, loving as Christ loves, working as Christ works. He goes about doing good. He strives with all his power for self-improvement, that by precept and example he may lead others to a purer, higher, nobler life. And this is true not only for the minister, but for us. If it's even more so for the minister, how much more should it be for us? Because we all have to be good examples. We all have to do this in our lives. And too often we see preachers and speakers up front in the pulpit, but just laughing and joking and doing all manner of things to make the congregation have this wonderful, merry time. And that's not what we're supposed to be doing when you go up front. You're supposed to deliver... A message that pricks the heart, that makes people think, that makes them view heaven in a wonderful, good light. And you can deliver a good, earnest sermon without all of this jesting and joking and and making people laugh and be your friend. We're not there to have a good time. We're there to hear the words of the Lord and we're there to say, hey, what can I change about myself? What is there for me to learn? How can I improve myself? What will help me on my walk with Christ? And so all of that frivolousness doesn't help. It hinders when we do it. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be up there and be boring and tell this message in a very harsh way. No, you can deliver the message in such a compelling and good way that you don't need all of that stuff. You have to pray and ask the Lord how he would have you to deliver and talk and speak the message the way he wants it to be spoken. R.H. June 17th, 1884 paragraph. 14 says, He who died for us loves us with a love that is infinite. He wants us to be happy, but he would not have us find our happiness in foolish jesting and joking, which disgrace the holy cause we profess to love. If we are living branches of the true vine, we shall bear fruit to the glory of God. By their fruits ye shall know them, and that is true. We have to find our happiness in the Lord, not in all of these other things that aren't important. R.H. May 25th, 1886, paragraph 7 says that God who has planted the noble trees and clothed them with their rich foliage and given us the brilliant and beautiful shades of the flowers and whose handy and lovely work we see in all the realm of nature does not design to make us unhappy. He does not design that we should have no taste and take no pleasure in these things. It is his design that we shall enjoy them. It is his design that we shall be happy in the charms of nature, which are of his own creating. It is right that we should choose places for seasons of relaxation and recreation. But while we are there, it is not to devote our attention to ourselves merely and fritter away precious time and engage in amusements which will encourage a disrelish for sacred things, not to indulge in jesting and joking, in the senseless laugh and foolish talking. We are to behold the beauties of nature. And what then? Fall down and worship them? No, indeed. But as you behold these works of nature, let your mind be carried up higher to nature's God. Let it be elevated to the creator of the universe and then adore the creator who has made all these beautiful things for your benefit, for your happiness. You know it is kind of true that when people go out for walks you kind of forget about looking around you at the nature. You get involved in your conversations. You get involved in your walk. You get involved in whatever it might be. And while it's not bad to have a conversation while you're walking we should be taking in the beauty that is surrounding us. You know taking that time to really appreciate the world and the beauty that God has made for us for our enjoyment and for our happiness god wants us to be happy he's not asking us to live these solemn horrible lives but we have to find a right way of doing it we have to find that way to talk and to say the things that we want to say without being rude or unkind or lying or all of these things are very bad we have to talk in a way that is uplifting christ and not being a bad example to Christ, for Christ, and all of that. R.H. September 2, 1890, paragraph 5 says, the youth are to be won by love. Be interested in them, speak with them, pray with and for them. Do not be found speaking light and trifling words, jesting and joking, but let all your conversation give a holy evidence that you possess genuine piety. Those in whose hearts Christ abides by faith know how to speak a word in season. They know how to pray with the sinner. They know how to present the truth as it is in Jesus. The lessons must be given in such a manner that Christ may receive all the praise. All that we have, all that we are, all that we can do is God's. It belongs to him. Therefore, when we give the best in all there is of us, it is only that which belongs to God. So we have to give our words, our speech, everything that we are, we have to give it to Christ. And Christ will then work in us to speak and act like he would speak and act. In fact, RH, September 20th, 1892, paragraph 8 says this, if we have Christ abiding with us, we shall be Christians at home as well as abroad. He who is a Christian will have kind words for his relatives and associates. He will be kind, courteous, loving, sympathetic, and will be educating himself for an abode with a family above. If he is a member of the royal family, he will represent the kingdom to which he is going. He will speak with gentleness to his children, for he will realize that they too are heirs of God, members of the heavenly court. Among the children of God, no spirit of harshness dwells. For the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. The spirit that is cherished in the home is the spirit that will be manifested in the church oh we must educate the soul to be pitiful gentle tender full of forgiveness and compassion while we lay aside all vanity all foolish talking jesting and joking we are not to become cold unsympathetic and unsocial the spirit of the Lord is to rest upon you until ye shall be like a fragrant flower from the garden of God you are to keep talking of the light of Jesus the son of righteousness until you shall change from glory to glory from character to character going on from strength to strength and reflecting more and more of the precious image of Jesus when you do this the Lord will write in the books of heaven well done because you represent Jesus that is very powerful and this is what we need to all strive to be we don't need to be these cold unsympathetic people we can have this joy we can have this cheerfulness we can talk with love and joy and all of these things but that doesn't mean we waste our words we don't waste our time by speaking trifling words, words that don't matter, words that can harm rather than do good. In SPM 75.4 it says, in their room students are apt to speak words that are frivolous, and not just students nowadays, many people do it. A great deal of this is done. Foolish talking, jesting, and joking are indulged in. Cheap remarks are made, which create a spirit of careless disregard for order. This cheap nonsense shows that the heart contains no treasure that is good. Thus minds are turned from The important subjects that have been presented before them. This cheap stuff, wood, hay, stubble, some choose to put it into their character building. The Lord Jesus gave his life to save these precious souls, and he has given them ability to learn and power to obey his requirements. Students are not given the privilege of making wise improvements of their time. The truth is able to make them wise into salvation. This just shows how truly important words are. Words have impact, words can change change people's lives. Words can make people sad, happy, angry. Words have a power in and of themselves. That is why we have to be so careful with how we speak and how we portray ourselves with our words because people pick up on tone. People pick up on the way and how you speak. It is so important to think about what you say before you say it and then We have to be careful to not respond in anger, in joking, in jesting, because people should take us seriously. We should be known as happy, loving Christians who speak good, pleasant words, not all of this other stuff. Evangelism 641.2 through 642.2 says, This spirit of jesting and joking, of lightness and trifling, is a stumbling block to sinners, and a worse stumbling block to those who give way to the inclination of the unsanctified heart. The fact that some have allowed this trait to develop and strengthen until jesting is as natural as their breath does not lessen its evil effects. When anyone can point to one trifling word spoken by our Lord or to any lightness seen in his character, he may feel that lightness and jesting are excusable in himself. This spirit is unchristian for to be a Christian is to be Christ-like. Jesus is a perfect pattern and we must imitate his example. A Christian is the highest type of man, a representative of Christ. Some who are given to jesting and to light and trifling remarks may appear in the sacred desk with becoming dignity. They may be able to pass at once to the contemplation of serious subjects and present to their hearts the most important testing truths ever committed to mortals. But perhaps their fellow laborers whom they have influenced and who have joined with them in the careless jests, cannot change the current of their thoughts so readily. They feel their minds are confused, and they are unfitted to enter upon the contemplation of heavenly themes and preach Christ and Him crucified. The disposition to say witty things that will create a laugh when the wants of the cause are under consideration, whether in a committee meeting, a board meeting, or any other meeting for business, is not of Christ. This untimely mirth has a demoralizing tendency. God is not honored when we turn everything to ridicule one day and the next day are discouraged Almost hopeless, having no light from Christ, and ready to find fault and murmur. He is pleased when his people manifest solidity, strength, and firmness of character, and when they have cheerful, happy, hopeful dispositions. If the mind is centered upon heavenly things, the conversation will run in the same channel. The heart will overflow at the contemplation of the Christian's hope, the exceeding great and precious promises left on record for our encouragement and our rejoicing in view of the mercy and goodness of god need not be repressed it is a joy that no man can take from us this is very important we need to take this into careful consideration and we need to do this we have to be like christ we need to talk and speak like he would have spoken we need to look to his example and not to our own example because it is true sometimes we have all been at fault of this we have all said witty things we've all been jesting and joking around at one point in time in our life and we have spent hours doing these types of things instead of being the example and saying hey we shouldn't be talking like this we shouldn't be be doing these things we shouldn't be wasting our time and especially on the Sabbath people get carried away in their conversations which is a whole other matter and a whole nother podcast. But we need to have this Christ-like character. We have to be cheerful and happy. We don't need to be running around in sorrow all the time and in mourning. No, being in Christ is a happy thing. And then we need to mold ourselves into what He has shown us, into the example that He was for us. And we can do that with His help, but we have to take day by day, hour by hour even and pray and And really have that deep connection with Christ and to think carefully about what we as Christians should be and should do and speak and all of the other things that I've mentioned before. In two testimonies, 236 and 237, and in MYP 201, it says this. It is the duty of the youth to encourage sobriety. Lightness, jesting, and joking will result in barrenness of soul and the loss of the favor of God. Many of you do not exert a bad influence upon others and thus feel in a measure satisfied, but do you exert an influence for good? Do you seek in your conversation and acts to lead others to the Savior? Or, if they profess Christ, to lead them to a closer walk with Him? My young friends, will you begin your Christian life as those whose hearts are warmed with the love of Jesus? You will never know how much good you may do by speaking tenderly, sensibly, serious words regarding their soul's salvation to those who do not claim to be children of God. On the other hand, you may never know until the judgment how many opportunities to be Christ's witness, you have left unimproved. You may never know in this world the mischief you have done to some soul by your little acts of frivolity, your cheap talk, your levity, which was wholly inconsistent with your holy faith. Those are very solemn words indeed. It really brings serious thoughts to one's mind because you think of all of the times where you have missed those opportunities. You think of all those times when you could have been a better example. You think about the words that you could have said instead. And while we cannot go back and change the past, we can apologize for our actions and then we can move forward and do better the next time through prayer, through Christ abiding in us, through our walk with him. This is going to take time because these habits are strong in us. We are used to talking in a certain way. We are used to speaking these things because it comes a second nature to us. Like she said, we have to to break those habits, break those chains, and form new paths and form new ways of speaking and acting and talking. It's not easy, but it's not impossible. We have to really concentrate and put an exerted effort into how we speak and how we act and how we talk and everything that we do as Christians because we are preparing our souls for heaven. In heaven, there will be no cheap talk like this. There will not be pranks. There will not be be joking and jesting. We will have good wholesome conversation and that is what we need to prepare for now. We can't wait until it's too late to be doing that because we won't be going to heaven if we wait until it's too late. We have to prepare now for heaven to come. We have to speak as we would speak there and I'm just as much as fault as it is anybody else. If we're being honest with ourselves, all of us at one point in time has spoken in this type of way and we have to work so much more at how we portray ourselves and how we talk and act because we are a witness. We are an example and we need to be that every single day in everything we say, do, and how we act and talk. And this is a very serious topic. This is something that we need to strive for and work very hard for because it is so very important. Evangelism 643.2 says, what can the minister do without Jesus? Verily nothing. Then if he is a frivolous joking man, he is not prepared to perform the duty laid upon him by the Lord. Without me, says Christ, ye can do nothing. The flippant words that fall from his lips, the trifling antidotes, the words spoken to create a laugh are all condemned by the word of God and are entirely out of place in the sacred desk. Those are some very serious words, and we need to consider them not only for the minister, but we need to consider them for our daily conversation as well. FW 79.1 and two says this, have we not everything to make us heavenly minded? Have we not everything to bring us right up from this earthliness and sensuality, this cheap and nonsensical talk, this jesting and joking, this false reporting, babbling and evil surmising? put it all away. It is a disgrace to the church. It enfeebles and weakens the church. Let our conversation be holy as God is holy in his fear. Let us be holy in ours. Let us rejoice in the precious Savior who has died to redeem us and reflect glory back to God. Let us join with heaven in our praises here and unite with the songs of the heavenly angels in the city of our God. That is what we want. That is what we long for, to join in that heavenly host someday and to seeing those songs of praise to God we need to start now with how we act and talk like I said just previously and this just confirms it more and more we are representing a holy God how much more should we strive to be holy we have a work to do and we have to help each other out because it is easy to forget it is easy to fall back into old habits into old patterns but this is what the Christian family is is for we have to support one another we have to remind one another and how we act and how we speak and how we talk and when we work together with Christ and when we have each other to pray and to help remind one another we have a better support system but even if nobody else is telling us this and even if nobody else is helping us and even if we're considered strange or weird with how we act and how we talk and what we want our conversation to be like that's okay we by ourselves we have to dare to be a Daniel we have to dare to stand alone even if it means being thrown to the lions, and not real lions necessarily, but the lions of our life, our friends, our family members, anybody else in our life, they may look at us strange and think of us as strange, but we are called to be a peculiar people, we are called to stand apart and to stand for the right, though the heavens fall. We have to be on the Lord's side because if we're on God's side, then we know we'll be on the right side. We'll be on the winning side and nothing and no one can harm us because God is with us and no one can stand against God. They will fail and they will fall. And we have seen that time and time again. FE 457.2 says, the atmosphere of unbelief is heavy and oppressive. The giddy laugh, the jesting, the joking sickens the soul that is feeding on Christ. Cheap foolish talk is painful to him. With a humble heart, read carefully 1 Peter 1:13 through 13-18. Those who enjoy talking should see that their words are select and well chosen. Be careful how you speak. Be careful how you represent the religion you have accepted. You may feel it no sin to gossip and talk nonsense, but this grieves your Savior and saddens the heavenly angels. That is something to think about. We have to watch how we talk because when we talk in this manner it grieves our savior it's painful to him to hear us talk in such a way and that should make us more than anything want to stop all of that foolishness and to talk and speak in a right way that means no joking like you say something that isn't necessarily true and then you're like oh i was just joking i was just jesting i didn't really mean it that kind of joking that kind of jesting you know telling a joke that necessarily isn't the best or you know, playing a prank that doesn't seem that bad and seems kind of harmless in a way. But you can find better uses for your time than to do all of these things and to say all of these things and remember all of these jokes and these witty remarks. You can spend your time instead studying the Word of God, working on your character, witnessing to others, helping those in need. There's a million and one things that we can do with our time instead of wasting all of that time on foolishness. And this is a very serious thing and we have to be very careful. We have to think, is this something that I would say in front of Jesus? Is this something that I would say in front of all of the heavenly hosts with Jesus in view and with the Godhead by my side? Would I say this before all of them? And if you can't give an answer to that and if you think that you wouldn't say that if the holy God was right beside you then you shouldn't be saying it because he is there even when we don't see it. His presence is with us. That is why we have to watch what we say and do because he sees and he knows all. So we are saying it in front of him whether we realize it or not. We just have to think more about it because we have to train ourselves in order to speak and act in the right way. RH November 25th, 1902, paragraph 13 says, let those who have any part to act in the training of the youth remember their own, faults and mistakes and strive earnestly to be what they wish the youth to become in their treatment of them let them be wise pitiful and noble let them not forget that the youth in their care are in this life to be prepared for the admittance into the royal family they are in need of wholesome encouraging words and unselfish deeds treat them as Christ's children whom he wants you to help in every time of need they are very precious to him he gave his life for them make friends of them Bring Christ-likeness into your dealing with them. Give them practical evidence of your unselfish interest. Help them over the hard places. Patiently, tenderly strive to win them to Jesus. Let your words be loving and sympathetic and the tones of your voice pleasant. Let the grace of God soften and subdue all that is harsh in your nature. Eternity alone will reveal the results of your earnest, unselfish efforts. And not just with the youth. With everybody you deal with, you should have pleasant words. You should have this soft and subduing nature. You should have this way of talking that shows that Christ is in you. 3SM 240.1 says... We should accustom ourselves to speak in pleasant tones, to use pure, correct language and words that are kind and courteous. Kind words are as dew and gentle showers to the soul. The scripture says of Christ that grace was poured into his lips, that he might know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. And the Lord bids us, Let your speech be always with grace, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. This is what we want. This is what we are for this is what we have to get to a place where our words are like this kind words as do and gentle showers to the soul and we can have this and we can be like this when we work together with Christ this is not an easy pathway when you choose to be a Christian but it is a worthy pathway and it is worth all of the struggles all of the sacrifices that you give up we just have to be willing to trade in what we have now what we think we have is this glory wonderful thing but by far is a pale comparison of what is to come we need to put that thing whatever those things might be aside drop them and take what christ is giving us instead because let me tell you it is far better than anything that we could ever think hope or imagine and that is what we are told that is what we are promised and assured of what is to come but the question is are you willing to give up everything for christ are you willing to change and i hope that that answer is yes and I am hoping that you will pray for me as I pray for all of you that we may work together to make it to that heavenly mansion that heavenly home to be with jesus forever and abide with him in his love forever that is what we all want and long for and remember when we know these things share with others don't be afraid to speak up in your friend circle in your family circle and say hey let's not talk about that let's talk about other things let's put aside this conversation and talk of whatsoever things are good pure and holy not all of this other stuff. Now, that's not to say that you can't talk about other things besides Bible and all of that stuff. No, you can talk about everyday things. You can talk about, you know, life and what you're doing and all of these things. But I'm talking about when the conversation gets to be on those things that you know aren't right and aren't good and you start to feel uncomfortable because you feel like the conversation could be better. You feel like they're not saying these things in a right way that you feel like you should be a witness an example because they're talking about whatever it is they might be talking about, and you know as well as I do those conversations and when they happen because you feel that prick of consciousness in your mind saying, Hey, this isn't right. And it's in those moments where we're like, Okay, I need to speak up, I need to start changing the conversation because you control part of the conversation. It's up to you to be brave and to take hold of that and say, Hey, you know what? I was thinking, I was thinking about whatever nature. I was thinking about something I learned in my studies this week. I was thinking about this story and how I learned something new out of it from the Bible and I was thinking about discoveries that have been found in the Bible or whatever you want to talk about. There is a lot of things that you could shift the conversation to be in a way that doesn't really necessarily hurt people's feelings. You have to be able to be unafraid to say, hey guys, let's switch the conversation now. Especially I find on Sabbath because a Sabbath is for talking of things that aren't involved in every other day life you have to talk about things of heaven and things of God and things of wonderful beautiful things because Sabbath is for that day to spiritually connect with God not for everything else which like I said is another podcast but since we're talking about speech these are the kinds of things that we need to be on guard for so just keep all of this in mind and pray and ask the Lord to help you to give Get that wisdom to know what is right, what is wrong, what you should say, what you shouldn't say. Study this out for yourself and ask the Lord to help you in your speech and how you act and how you talk and how to have a good time in the right way. And with that being said, I want to sing this song. It's actually a scripture song, so it'll be a bit shorter, but it's very nice. And it fits well, so it goes like this
1: a merry heart doeth good like a medicine like a medicine is a merry heart but a broken spirit drive up the bones but a merry heart doeth good like a medicine pleasant words are as an honeycomb sweet to the soul and health to the bones a merry heart doeth good Like a medicine is a merry heart But a broken spirit dryeth up the bones But a merry heart, pleasant words are as an honeycomb And those verses
0: are found in Proverbs 16.24 and Proverbs 17.22. And they are so true. And I hope that you speak pleasant, kind, loving words, just like Christ wants us to. Remember what it says in Matthew 5.16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So with all of this being said, let your light so shine so that you are a star witness for the Lord.